G'day Thunder Lizards, it is the coach here and I have something very exciting. It is new rules for you Space Lizards. I dreamt about it uh, thinking about the old ones and here we are with White Dwarf rules, all things Seraphon. I'm joined by a Discord legend but more importantly someone who has done very well in the competitive scene. I've got, um, I've got Vito who has done pretty well lately in third edition. You've been kicking some serious ass running around going four and one with the Seraphon, playing friendly Seraphon, not, no, actually you, you're, yeah. you're doing some pretty good stuff. We won't talk about the yeah. ginger ninja and sometimes in your list, but um, you've got new rules, man. You have some new rules. White Dwarf has hit the shelf literally this weekend and you got a whole bunch of new stuff. You've got uh, grand strategy. You've got battle tactics. You have a battalion. You have new allegiance rules, actually a tweak. So this should be a good one. I'm going to lean into Vito's experience and, and his third edition knowledge to find out what this all means. But first off, g'day, welcome. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself to the friends of the internet? Yeah, coach. Thanks for having me here. Um, been playing Seraphon for three, four years now. It's my first army and uh, my favorite. And uh, third edition, they're maybe not as strong as they were when their book came out but they're still good i mean i think they they uh they can compete with the top armies and um i think the update update really helps them too i mean it's it's there's nothing bad in it it uh and, and really it adds a couple things that we were missing fixes a couple things that were broken going into third edition and um you know i've it, it's a welcoming update a lot of people might not like the fact that a good army is getting an update, but you know what? Gargan's got it last month, so. Yeah, I'm sure Beasts of Chaos and Sylvaneth players were begging for this particular you know, issue, but hey, the, the more times you get delayed, it just means the closer you are to a new battle tome. So I'll take this as Seraphon's not being updated uh, for a while. There's probably some armies that need a little bit of love before you. But, you know, before we get into the White Dwarf stuff, because I really do want to get in, there's some really cool stuff. And when I was reading through it, I thought it was quite beneficial for both your Coalesced and your um, your Thunder Lizard or your, sorry, your Starborn and your Coalesced. Sorry, I'm just constantly Thunder Lizard, Thunder Lizard, Thunder Lizard. Um, but I really like the rules. But before we get into that, I'd love to just get your experience and just like, what have you found so far as a Seraphon player in 3E? Knowing that you've gone a bunch of foreign ones and you play both online and real life. So, you know, it's not just, you know, math hammering experience you've got. Yeah. So coming from second to third, I think the way that Seraphon plays is a little different. Um, you used to take boatloads of skinks, flood the board, you'd blitz them up, shoot, melee them, doing mortals left and right, and then bring in your heavy hitters like your salamanders uh, behind them. Croaks, Croaks got a big change. Um, so that that changed the way the army played a lot. Everyone was bringing him before. It's a little different now. I still like him. Um, some don't. But um, really in 3.0, the, the big change is monsters. We finally get to bring our big monsters and they're competitive. They're good. Um, and they're fun to bring. So I, I, I'm, I welcome the change. I played a lot of Fangs and um, I actually played Kodos Claw a lot and, and 2.0 as well. Kodos Claw is dead, is dead in 3.0. That's, there's really, it, it, it could be a fun one to play, but it's of the abilities it has are redundant now with the rules and, and uh, 3.0 and you can't stack. So that, that really hurts it as well. 
but Thunder Lizard is where, where it's at. Let me pause you there. I don't, I don't want to lose yeah. that thought. Uh, just for anyone who might be picking up Seraphon or maybe hasn't connected dots yet, why do you think Hotel Claw is quote-unquote dead? Well, it, it, competitively, I think it is. Um, the big thing in Kotal's Claw is whenever you charge, you get plus one to hit. And you had a command ability that also gave plus one to hit. So a, a big thing that, that I was doing with Kotal's Claw before was stacking hits. You know, you have source warriors that they, uh, they hit on fours and you'd bring them up to twos and you could actually make it so that they're re-rolling ones as well. So, so the big thing there is you'd, you'd stack it, you'd get all of their hits to go into wounds and then you'd get mortals on sixes to wound. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so, and, I, I, and, I just wanted to connect those dots. I just wanted to make sure, like, obviously you can still do it, and then probably there's a little yeah. bit of benefit because you've got consistency. You've always got that plus one to hit, but what you were doing is you were tapping into the multiple pluses to hit, which yeah. then, you know, made something that was, you know, 50-50, like a four up, into something super reliable. Yeah, but, and, and the fact that you could give multiple units plus one to hit before, which I guess you still can now with the command ability, but it... um. It, it, the effectiveness is greatly reduced is really yeah. the big thing. Yeah, monsters have really taken over with Seraphon. And I know when I was talking to Ridge from Seasons of War, um, you know, he was he he made the claim that, you know, he thought that, you know, Fangs of Sotek and even just like the Coalesce side, especially everyone's running Thunder Lizards, it seems that was the popular build, that in the past in 2E, st uh, the, the Starborn were far superior than the Coalesce. Coalesce were more of the fun stuff. Now it really feels like it's, you know, very much a match around very similar power levels. So whether you want to run your skinks with the um, with the slan and you want to go that route or you want to go the the, the dinos, the carnosaurs, the stegodons, they they competitively they're they're very similar. Yeah. And 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 that's great because now we have some options and we get to play with our dinos, you know. It's like when we're kids and we have dino toys, we get to actually play with them on the battlefield now. So yeah, I, I bought two of the um I bought two of the Broken Realms boxes just to it's funny actually because I bought the two Broken Realms boxes because I thought, oh, this would be a really fun casual, you know, if I just want to play Friday night, play mm -hmm. play at the local club, just do some lols, run around with my little, you know, stegadons. Now they're really good. Um mm -hmm. actually quite good. So um, which is great, which is great. But overall, you, you're finding them both really good. I know you've been playing around with a little bit with things like Gotrek as well. So if you need to bring in the power, great little synergy there. Um, anything else you've kind of learnt with 3E? Because um, I'm, I'm itching against these rules. I'm just, just like just like opening up the book. <laughs> and like, I want to I I pick your brains. I want to kind of learn. Yeah, so, so, so the one thing you'll realize in third edition very quickly is the Realm Shaper engine is probably or it's one of the best train pieces in the game right now the board got smaller train pieces got closer um you can now deploy it in your in your uh territory so you can uh, well you, you could you could put it where you're going to actually be before it was a 50 50 chance and it, it it was just it was difficult it was difficult to use um you, you never wanted to give the opponent the advantage of having a garrisonable terrain piece um now you don't need to and the you know the skink priest and the realm shaper are you know five out of five stars right now they're they're 
some of the best things that Seraphon has. And you can bring it in Starborn or in Coalesced. Um, I think that Coalesced, the Allegiance ability has, um, in 3.0, where people are bringing more monsters, they're bringing more elite units, um, those monsters and those units are doing multiple damage per attack. And whenever you're playing Coalesce, that minus one damage is, is huge now in, in third edition. It's it's brought a, a tremendous amount of durability um, to Seraphon, who uh, when when you play Coalesce, you don't have a lot of wounds to play with. Um, but it, it really like it it just devastates some matchups. It's devastating in some matchups. Yeah, so. I remember playing. I remember playing against them in uh, at the end of two E, and my gargans having to reduce the damage by one just sucked. I mean, it was great yeah. obviously for my opponent, especially. I think he had like two or three big blocks of Saurus warriors just soaking up the damage, reducing the rend. I was just like, I hate you so much. <laughs> but um, yeah. with your Starborn, and um, you know, because one of the big things in second was summoning right you'd summon a whole yeah. bunch of, of of troops you'd be able to teleport around the board um have you found have you found with the board size getting smaller um less terrain on the table or maybe more more of a terrain footprint and just the way armies are constructed are you, are you finding that it's harder to summon or it's easier to summon or that that strategy isn't as viable like what have you learned from that side yeah i mean with the the reduced board size um it's easier for people to screen their backfields. Um, it's it's harder to get teleportations onto objectives, um, and summoning is a big part of that as well. I still think the summoning itself, you, you, you can still summon a whole bunch. Um, you know, everything in the army went up a little bit in points, so it's harder to fit all that in to summon the same amount. Um, but the summoning mechanic still, it, it, like the Starborn. And the summoning mechanic are still very competitive. They're still good. What, so. What's really cool as well, I, I'd probably say, is um, there's less screens, I'm finding. There's way less bodies and less screens on the table. So mm -hmm. while the board size might have shrunk, you might find that there's still more space because, especially with coherency as well, kind of compacting units in a bit more, you've, you've certainly still got options, whether it's coming in from reserve, teleporting, summoning. Um, I haven't really found too many problems finding that board space. No, um, sometimes it's interesting when I'm playing Thunder Lizards, you know, I'm always hoping to get that summon on the engine and uh, it, it always kind of sucks when your engine's in combat and then you, you pop off the summon and you got to put them pretty far away or you got to squeeze them in a little tiny area. Um, but, uh, you know, with Starborn, you have a lot more options of where to place them. So it's not, and plus you usually don't put your slon into combat and your astralist not usually in combat. So, you know, the, the summonings, it, it can be real powerful, especially, you know, in Starborn, you can summon the unit and then teleport it at the same time or, or just it's all within the same period of the game. So you can do it right afterwards. I'm going to show off the white dwarf rules in a second. Um, sure. I would. So before we do that, I'd love just your overall, like when you were reading these rules and they've just hit the shelf. If you're watching this live, or if you're watching this very early from release, the book has literally just hit the shelves as long as there's no shipping issues in your country. It's literally live. What were your, what were your initial observations? Like when you were looking over the rules, because there is path to glory as well, which is great. Um, as well as Mount, Mount trades. There's just so much cool stuff. What was your take? Are these things that you'll use, things that you like, eh, it's nice? So 
considering that I'm playing with Thunder Lizards right now, I think that uh, the rules are are really helpful. I think it's gonna it's gonna boost the power of the Thunder Lizard list a little bit. The big reason is um, now when we're next to terrain, we have a proper ward save. I mean, we're we're bringing a lot of a lot of monsters. It's not hard to just tag the end of a or, or tag one inch near a terrain piece. Got a six up ward save. You know, now we're reducing damage by one. We have pretty pretty decent saves in a lot of our monsters, and you know, like the Bastildon. What now we have a six up ward save as well. Um, so it's that the, my first reaction to that was this is this is great. This is this gives us a ward save. It gives us a little bit of resistance against mortals, which has always been our our worst enemy. You know, um, yeah. pin, like any any type of army that could put mortal wounds into a particular unit or very um, you know like a scalpel type army, um, they're really difficult to deal with sometimes with thunder lizards. You know, because they're going to take well, out our always, pieces. Well, it was always yeah. the way that you would bring down the Bastilladon at least into its first or second bracket. Mm -hmm. Let alone, you know, like there's a lot of like your magic mortal wounds out there. Um, I, I look, first off, I really like it. I don't want to ruin Christmas like Vito did. He's just like straight into the rules. I'm like, <laughs> I was trying to like warm them up. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I really like them. There's some things that I would consider. Vito's just like, nah. So nah. let's just bring up the rules. So um, there are um, a tweak to your allegiance abilities. There is a mount trait now that you can access either for Coalesced or Starborn. So depending on which side of the fence. You have two options of a grand strategy. Again, one for each, a coalesced and a starboard option. And then you've got a battle tactic, uh, or two, you've got two battle tactics. So um, to kick things off, the primeval domain. So this one's changed quite significantly. And mm -hmm. what Vito was just referring to earlier was each piece of terrain, whether it's partially or wholly within your side, only if you're coalesced. So if you're starborn, this doesn't affect you. But basically, every piece of terrain, either partially or fully in your territory, will be mystical um, and deadly as well. But you get to ignore deadly, right? Yeah, it's it's deadly to your opponent, but mystical opponent, to yes. us. Yeah. yeah, so I don't get to access your mystical, but it is deadly to me. Mm -hmm. So you yeah, talked it, a little bit about the ward. Yeah, so mystical. Mysticals is pretty big for us. We have very powerful priests and we have no ward saves. So, you know, having all terrain in our, uh, that's either partially or fully in our territory, which in some battle plans is halfway up the map, um, it gives us things that, well, it, it gives us a ward save that we're, we're really lacking in, unless you bring an Astralith banner. Um, you can, you, you don't have a ward save. Um, and so, so that's really helpful. The plus one to prayers is great. Um, now that we have the engine, you can throw cursed on the engine and the curse is going off on a three instead of a four. Because so it's the a, engine, the engine of the gods just got the priest keyword, right? That was a new, yep. a new update. Yep. So it, it just got the priest keyword. Um, and it now has prayers and it's, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to bring cursed on it. I was bringing the healing prayer, but now that we can, we can add um, plus one to the prayer roll, it becomes pretty viable. You know, four up is is pretty tough. It's to deal with sometimes because it doesn't. It only works half the time. But now we have something that's going to work. 
you know, two thirds of the time. Mm. Be um be pretty powerful when you start combining them with like jaw attacks as well from mm. like your your um your Saurus knights and things like that. But it means that you're gonna because mystical probably the other thing people forget about is yes, it gives you the ward, but it also gives you plus one to your prayers. So your skink priest, your engine of the gods, your skink priest on Steggy is also a priest. I'm assuming is that the keyword. Um, the skink There's priest and the engine. Uh, yeah. are you talking about the troglodon? It's not a priest. No, I'm talking the I'm, I'm talking the little skink priest on foot as well. But either way, oh, you're getting just plus a skink one priest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he'll get plus one, which is great. You get plus one, and then you obviously get the six up ward save, so makes you super durable. And as you said, if you want to tap into heal, plus one to that. Mm -hmm. Curse it means that you can get a little bit closer to your opponent. Throw down curse if you're a durable, you know, engine of the gods. You know, you're, you're loving it. Oh, yeah. Um. And then obviously, you know, if they want to attack you, um, then, you know, guess what? It's deadly and there's a chance to deal mortal wounds to your opponent. The other, the other piece is you're going to get the mount trait. So mm -hmm. one of your heroes, you've only got one mount trait you can really tap into. So one hero, which is either a Stegodon, a Carnosaur, or a Troglodon, if you've got that keyword, it's a hero, you can either have one of the following. So if you are coalesced, you have Beastmaster. If you are Starborn, you get the Celestial Destruction. Do you like them both? Before I read out the rules, what were your thoughts on the Mount Traits? Yeah, so the Beastmaster, the one for the Coalesced, I, I, I like a lot. It's it's great. It's something that we didn't have before, and um, it, it really helps. Um, the Celestial Destruction... It can be situational. I think that it, it it's it's great. I mean, it, it costs us nothing. It's our only mount trait we have. Might as well, you know, you, you take it anyways. And um, if you get yourself in this situation, it could be a great uh, a, a great use of it. Especially, well, we can get into it when we when we go through the details. But I, I think it's situational. I think it could be real good. Yeah, so if you're a Beastmaster, so if you're in the Coalesce side, you get Beastmaster, and then it's once per battle in your hero phase, you can either declare it is either Swift or Savage. So if it's Swift um, in the hero phase, it can – sorry, it, it, until your next hero phase, you can run and shoot and or charge. Um, if you are on the other side, which is the Savage, you get plus one to the attack characteristics of the friendly melee weapons by the mount. So um, I love the ability to run, run and charge or run, shoot and charge. So there's a combination there. Um, or plus one attack is just if you're in a combat, you throw down curse, you just do a range of damage. So where are you at with Beastmaster? Yeah, so um, first of all, Beastmaster uh, on a Carno is great now because the Carno could never run and charge until it already killed something. Now... Um, you can do it without ever having to kill something. So you could do it on turn one. You could run and charge, which you, which we had no way to do before. Um, you know, with the Stegodon and Troglodon, we could run and charge them before using the Skink Priest. But um, I, I mean, there's just there's no downside. I think it's a great mount trait. Um, adding one attack is is really cool in my opinion because. We can now get the Carnosaur up to plus four attacks and uh, a Stegodon up to plus five attacks. Um, it's, it, it can be pretty, you know, it, it, we just, we just keep stacking those attacks, stacking the attacks and, you know, 
on a Stegadon, you have four damage attacks, and in a Karno, you have five damage attacks. So it really, it really adds up. Is the Carnosaur worth considering now? Because I, I noticed with a lot of coalesced lists, especially Thunder Thunder Lizard lists, the Carnosaur never really got brought very often. Um, it was normally throwing down into your Stegadon varieties, and then you might have either Skinks, you would have Saurus Warriors or Saurus Knights, um, Salamanders. Like you'd sp- you would spend your points away from the Carnosaur because mm-hmm. he was swingy and he wasn't quite consistent. Like he wouldn't have a lot of synergy buffs unless you build a certain way. Is this now a good time to reconsider the Carnosaur with the Beastmaster? Yeah, I, I like the Carnosaur. If you don't have the points to get a, you know, a, a Stegadon with Skink Chief, I like the the Scarvet Carno. Um, it's 215 points. The Carno is, it, it's it's great to throw on the flanks and to, you know, maybe not to put in the brunt of battle, but you throw it on the flanks and it just takes anything out. You know, I, I like to run it on the side with, with a group of five source knights to kind of screen it. And if you want to get it into something, you know, you use your allegiance ability, you give it plus one attack. Um, when you see the list that I have, uh, I have the command trait on it, which gives it another plus one attack. And, uh, you know, the jaws and thunder lizards gives it another plus one. So we're already at plus three attacks as it's getting into combat, the thing can, it can really do some damage. Now it doesn't have a lot of rend, but it's, um, it, it's not something you want to throw into high armored targets. You know, it's, it's more of a flanking unit. And I think the trap that I've seen, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think the trap that I've seen people use the Carnosaur with is they think it's a vampire Lord on zombie dragon. They think that yeah. they can just run the Carnosaur up the table and try to smash you in the face and, be able to, to survive and mm. i think it was buckets in the chat a little bit earlier saying that it's much more like a scalpel you've yeah. got to choose your fights you've got to find and i think where you you're playing on the flank and then kind of swing in is a really good mm-hmm. strategy as opposed to putting it in the middle run shoot and charge up the board with your your beast master yeah I, I exactly it's um if you throw it up in the middle it'll do nothing and die every time honestly um it just doesn't have i mean look if if you get lucky and your opponent misses a couple saving rolls on a jaw attack you could do maybe 10 15 damage but um it doesn't it it it's just not the powerhouse like that you, you can't use yeah, it like i think that. i think the the lack of rend or the minimal rend i, I should mm-hmm. I shouldn't say lack of it's just i think that's probably where the consistency struggles a little bit because again yeah. it's not a vampire lord you're not going in with mortal wounds you're not doing rend two or even rend three so any way you can buff that up with an artifact or some additional abilities mm-hmm. um you get a bit more value from the Beastmaster. the other side by the way so if you happen to be a starboard not coalesced you're going to get celestial destruction which um, I really like this one. I thought this was a nice little bonus if you happen to go down this route. But um, you can carry out this monstrous rampage. So Celestial Destruction is a monstrous rampage instead of the others. So you won't stomp, you won't roar, you won't do the others, right? You can still do it if you have multiple monsters, but you, when you're using the uh, the Celestial Destruction, you do it instead of. Um, what happens is you roll a dice for each enemy unit within six inches of this uh, model. Um, add one to the roll if it's chaos, and on a five up, it does D3 mortal wounds. So it has the potential to be like a, a, a greater stomp, um, especially when you tap into chaos. 
what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's situational. I mean, I think it could be, I think it could be real good. I mean, look, it's it's the only mount trait we have, so we're gonna take it. And if you throw monster up the, throw it up the middle, or you throw it into a multiple unit situation, um, especially if it's chaos, you can possibly get multiple D three mortals um, as opposed to just one with the stomp. Um, so I, I don't I don't think it's I, I don't think it's bad. Um, you know I could envision envision a situation where you have four or five different chaos units within range, and hopefully get you know two or maybe even three of the D threes to go off. You know which is two or three times better than a stomp. You know so it's yeah, not it it's not too bad. It could be a nice chip damage to especially supporting heroes that might be sitting behind a, a, a big wall of chaff, especially with chaos. Um, if you if you happen to find yourself in this situation, awesome. Is it the viable strategy? I'm going to run my monster up into battle and try to trigger on a six or a five if it's chaos. Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if building a strategy around that would be be so viable, <laughs> but it it could work. I mean, it it it's yeah. it could do some extra damage. Definitely. Yeah. No, it's great, and it's it's free. But you know, definitely beast master from a coalesce side is great. Um, and I guess depending on the situation, I think, you know, either it's the, you're, you're stuck in combat and you want to get out the, with the plus one attacks, or yep. you want to do some early game or even late game shenanigans. You might want to try to get yourself that run, run and charge or run, shoot and charge, get yourself into the backfield, you know, score that savage spearhead, you know, claim an objective that might be, uh, you know, you might have someone who, um, you might have an opponent who might have like a, a movement debuff, you know, that demon prince of corn or something, just getting that extra run as well as the charge could mm -hmm. help. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, look, there could be a point in the game where there's a hero behind the line that has one or two wounds and you just need to take a chance, you know, and you might get him. So I, I, I think it's considering we have no other mount traits. It's great. You know, it's, it's the best we got. So, and to to what um, was said in the chat as well. So um, voice 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 uh, has said in the chat, uh, which I agree with as well. If you happen to have two monsters uh, in in your Starborn, it means that you're going to get access to store uh, to to stomp or raw as well as the celestial destruction. So um, if you happen to build two monsters in in your, in your Starborn, awesome. The one that has always caught me off guard is whenever I look at the White Dwarf rules, because we've now had uh, Slaves to Darkness, we've had Gargants, we've now got Seraphon, is the two grand strategies. So you've got one grand strategy for Coalesced, one for Starborn. And I always struggle because I always like, well, the ones that I've currently got access to are just better. There's less conditions. Yeah. It's easier to score. It synergizes well with my army. And I partially feel that the Starborn fits in that mold where I'm like, my job is just harder. I've got more tax and maybe it's preparing me for a version of the game when we stop playing in the realm of Gur. Um, what were your thoughts on the grand strategies? Yeah, my initial look at them is these are way harder to achieve than the generic ones. I mean, I... I I don't think if, if you were going for competitive build, I don't think either one of these would be great choices. I think there's a lot of other things that Seraphon can do better than these two, especially if you go Thunder Lizards, you know, keeping keeping your monsters alive is is probably the best one 
there is, or or battle line if you have a lot of stegodons or something. But um, yeah, like like you know, like tomorrow we could get a whole new battle pack, and we could actually be out of you know we're not playing we're playing core rules, or we're no mm -hmm. longer playing the general's handbook. So you know, I'll take this with a grain of salt. Right now in Gur, I would not choose it. So for folks at home playing and you can't read it. If you are coalesced, um, you score your grand strategy if you have one friendly unit wholly within each of the quadrants of battlefields. If you are a starborn, you've got to draw this imaginary line across the battlefield from opposite corners of the battlefield. And then essentially, if you stop enemy wizards passing over that line and you get a wizard to go over the line, it's so strange. It. It's so like, strange. It's, just, it's mental tax. Like I, like, and I don't want to get to the end of turn five, and I'm like, oh, your wizard didn't pass this line. Oh, no, he did, and then he retreated. And, like, oh, I don't want to worry about this. Um, yeah, it's 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 too much. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of cool what they were trying to do. I, I, I think I kind of understand what they were trying to do, but it's, yeah. We'll, we'll see what the generic ones change to next season. Yeah. And look, I, I think right now, while we're playing in Gur, I would not touch these grand strategies. Mm -hmm. I'd be more inclined to use the Coalesced than the Starborn one. The Starborn just seems like mental tax that I'm leaving for the Lumineth players. You guys can have that kind of crap. Um, when we go back to Core or another battle pack, I'm probably still going to those ones. But yeah, continuous expansion, I don't mind. But it just means that I've got to have something in all four quadrants. So, yeah, and it's got to be wholly within. You know that that means you have to have four units at the end of the game, even alive, let alone in different quadrants. Um, I mean, usually with Thunder Lizards, if you have four units alive at the end of the game, you probably won the game at that point. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just it's. It's it's not good in an army that doesn't have a ton of units, you know. I, I don't I don't like it anyways. Yeah, and the, the whole thing is like at the end of the battle, and like I think the interesting yeah. thing, as you know, has been mentioned in the chat, is I think the other side is just you know something like having um, you know pillars of belief or some type of like just keep your wizard alive, just keep your priest alive, just have a monster alive. It's just easy to score. I think that's where I'm struggling right now. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I agree. I mean, the, the Starborn one, the Astro, Astro Matrix. Uh, why would you do this if you have an option of just keeping a wizard alive? It doesn't. It um makes it way harder, unless you're trying to play in hard mode, I guess, just for fun. <laughs> you know, and and you know what? Like, and I'm not here to say people can't play with this. Like, you do you, but I'm I'm looking at Vito from a competitive sense, who's going to go to tournaments and is thinking about building that list. And if I'm going to peg, um, if I'm going to peg my grand strategy that I can't tweak, I've got to list it on my tournament. It's probably not one of these two. Yeah, I agree. The other one that I you agree. don't have to choose, which is great, is just another option, is the battle tactic. So you've got yourself either um, Might of the Starborn or you've got Stampede of Scales. So Might of the Starborn, you pick one objective on the battlefield. You complete this battle tactic if you summon a friendly unit that has um, a cost of 20 points or more and it's, and it's wholly within 12 inches of an objective. 
remembering that when we summon, it's going to usually be outside of nine. So you've got a little three-inch window. And then the other side is the Stampede of Scale. So pick three friendly monsters. You complete the battle tactic if they all run and finish within six inches of each other and wholly within enemy territory. Yeah. Um, they're great options. I mean, I, I, could, I could see using them depending on the situation. I mean, I think there's others that are easier to do. If we look at the Starborn one, you need you need 20 points. Um, usually you're summoning summoning skinks or salamanders if you're if you're playing in a competitive match and it's hard to hard to save up 20 points. But you know, I could see, hey, I've used four of my battle tactics already, and if I get a couple more, you know, maybe six command uh, celestial points this turn. And it gets me up to 20 and I can easily complete this. I could see it being one that's used. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to try to plan for this battle tactic by turn five, because you're going to be worried about other things. But and that was my question is like, how often as a summoner, if you happen to play the starborn side, how often do you have 20 of your summoning points? Are you someone who's just kind of spitting them out as you go, or are you someone who saves them up in the bank for a big, a big summon? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you need, if you need, usually if you need bodies, you're going skinks right away. If you need damage, you're going salamanders because skinks are six salamanders are 10, you know? So the choice is: are, are you summoning a salamander in turn two and a salamander in turn three? Or are you saving up for this 20 to summon maybe turn three and, and get a battle tactic at the same time? It, it, it you know, it, it could be situational. I mean, it could, it could be something where you look at it and you go, well, you know, I could get this easy battle tactic and um, I don't need salamanders or I don't need the bodies right now. So I'll save it up. It's, it, I guess it, maybe it's a little more of an incentive to, to save up your, your points instead of spending them right away, because you know, you can get a battle tactic if you do. And it's, yeah, it's an easy battle. The flow, tactic. Of battle, the flow of battle is already kind of in your favor. So you don't need those cheap screens. You know, you want to go for the Saurus warrior, the Pastilla Dawn, you know, something like an engine of the gods. You're already kind of planning that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, look, the great thing about the battle tactics, obviously is it's in addition to what you've already got. So it's just having one or two options available to you. Um, I think you're right. Like, you know, the other the other challenge is obviously summoning it within 12 and in enemy territory. I think the challenge is um I say like the objective you pick. What am I talking about? It's just the objective. It's not enemy territory. Yeah, not enemy no, territory. I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking of the other one. I'm thinking of okay. the other one. I'm thinking of standard. Okay. That, that'd but be I think a lot of challenges is the challenge is, is that if you summon uh wholly within 12 and an objective and you're using 20 points. You're normally summoning something big. Like I'm looking at the list. It's 20 Saurus Warriors. It's your Carnosaur, your Bastilodon, your Steggy, and you kind of mm -hmm. move up the line. The challenge uh, I would see is they're on quite large bases. So being outside of nine of an enemy, wholly within 12 on an objective, could be tough. Yeah. But remember, you can also teleport after it too. And if your slot's usually going to be in the back. And in most battle plans, you have objectives that are in the back um or you have an objective that you're sort of holding so 
I, I could see it being somewhat challenging depending on the, the, the battle that you're playing. But in a lot of cases, I think you would, you would be able to meet that, um, you know, especially because you can summon it and then you can teleport it and put it into the position you want. So you could still, you can summon it with wholly within a back objective and then teleport it to where you really need it to be. Um, I, for guess the the turn. Other, I, I guess the other thing as well is, you know, to, to get to those 20 summoning points, you probably, as you mentioned, turn three, maybe turn four, turn two, if you're really lucky and you, you've got some mad madness going on. Um, so by that stage, you've got the attrition kind of kicking in. So, you know, bodies are being deleted. So there might be more space. So that might be a, uh, a counter argument to my own personal argument. I'm just fighting with myself, Vito. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but it's, it's, I mean, look, it's, um, I think it's, it's great to have, I mean, it would have been nice to maybe get a little easier one or something that was, I don't know, 10, 10 summoning points as opposed to 20, but you know, it, it, it could be used. I mean, I could I could see it being used in the game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm and I'm throwing constructive challenge here, folks. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just like this is kind of like <laughs> some thinking. There's some thinking and some considerations. The other yeah. side, if you happen to be playing in the uh, the coalesce side, is it's really hard to switch between the two when you're not a full blown Seraphon player. Um, <laughs> is the uh, is the is the more coalesce side? So you get to pick three uh, different monsters. You're gonna have three friendly monsters, and uh, as I mentioned, if they they all have to run in that movement phase and end within six inches and within enemy territory, wholly within enemy territory. So if you do that, tick, you got yourself a, a battle tactic. I, I actually think this one's going to be pretty hard to get. I mean, you have to have three monsters all within six, all running, which so you're limiting your ability to charge them in, and um, all within enemy territory. I, I again, this is one of those things where maybe you find yourself in that position, but you're probably never going to position your units to try to get this one. Um, if you find yourself in a position where you're close, maybe you'll go ahead and just just try to get it because it's an, um, it's easy for that particular point in the game. But I don't I don't see many people using it that often. Because um, we've already got because we've already got ferocious advance where you run three monsters or you three three uh, models, and if they're monsters, you get bonuses, right? Yeah. Would I do both of them? No. Because I could, you know, I could turn one, use Ferocious Advance, run them, get the bonus battle tactic for being a monster. Turn two, run them again, uh, get them wholly within enemy territory, score this. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being rewarded. But do I want to run three monsters and mm. essentially not be in combat for two turns just to score battle tactics? I'm not the, quite sure. I'm not sure if the, I want two turns. Yeah, the other thing too is um, the you know the generic one, the ferocious advance. You can select a non-monster unit and turn them into monster and get the bonus point. And this one, you have to select three friendly monsters at the beginning, so you can't you know that skink priest that you normally just turn into a monster with croak because it's really easy to get that point. Um, you can't do that in this one. You have to ha pick units that are already monsters, not units that you can turn into monsters. So I think that 
it's it's small, but it it's really limiting because you see a lot of people that have two monsters or two monsters next to each other. You turn a little hero into a third monster, and now you have you know your three monsters, and you get that extra point. Where this one, it, it doesn't give you the opportunity to do that. I think the trick with the stampede of scales is going to be this will be a late game object, uh, a late game one. So I think Ferocious Advance is your turn one, turn two type uh, battle tactic. And then when you're already in your opponent's territory, you have, you've still got three monsters who have survived. You then throw this down and you, you, you know, you, you essentially score it so long as you kind of run. But again, in a, in the late game, do you want to be running three of your monsters and not charging or not being in combat? Question mark. Yeah, that's, that's, and plus, if one's already in combat, you know, you're retreating it. You're not running it either. So you'd have to have three monsters that are not in combat that you can run them all and don't need them to be in combat. Um, it's 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 rather difficult to get. I mean, unless you're playing maybe an all Stegadon list and you've tabled your opponent at that point, maybe. And you know what? That might that might be a good choice if you're because I know Vito, you run you know you run like a bit of a mixed arms force, and we'll show off one of your lists pretty soon. You know, if you are going down a very heavy, having just Bastilodons, Carnosaurs, Steggies, and Steggy varieties, um, and you've got like five, six monsters, then mm-hmm. cool, no problems. But if you're only running a couple and then you've got yourself your Steggy Knights, you've got, you know, Croxigors, Salamanders, whatever it might be, maybe maybe this is not the right battle tactic for you unless you find yourself in that position. But I think overall, when I look at this, it's great to have a whole bunch of options. The battle tactics are only nice just to have another choice. Um, the grand strategies probably not right now in Gur while we're playing in this battle tactic at the battle plan. But when we're out of this battle pack, who knows what we'll be playing? This could be really useful. Mount traits for me, happy days, primeval domain, outstanding. That's, yeah. that's my kind of I, I, that that's I, I agree. I, I mean I agree. I think it, they're they're great additions. Um some of them we're not really gonna use right now, but um hey, you know, maybe in the future we will. And I don't want to poo poo on it, right? Because it, it, who knows how long we're playing in this battle pack. But the other thing you've got, and this caught me off guard because I'm like, oh, wow, there's something that's going to give me a, a benefit for having two Bastilodons. Actually, no, it's just the icon they bloody used. So you've got yourself one new core battalion. It is the Thunderquake, and it consists of a mandatory Engine of the Gods or Stegodon with Skink Chief. Then you have um, two Bastilodons or Stegodons. And then you either have to take a Croxagore unit or a unit of Razordons and Salamanders. So you have one of the two choice. Um, general thoughts, first observation. And by the way, you get, uh, what is it? You get Swift and you, I forget what you get. You get. Um, yeah, you get um, the one that's either a free six inch player. run or a reroll charge. And then it's one's either plus one to hit or unleash hell. Yeah. Yes, you get Swift or Slayer. You don't get both. So it's not Swift like Warlord where you get both. You get Swift or Slayer. General thoughts of the um, and I want to call out one of the one of the comments in. Uh, I'll, I'll call this comment out now. Um, <laughs> likes Croxigors. So first off, overall thoughts on the battalion, and then second of all is um, how are you thinking about the build? Yeah, I think it's it's a fun battalion. I don't think the battalion is going to be um, a competitive one. 
I think generally, at least in Gur, you know, that can change, but at least in Gur, the battalions that or the battalions we have, I guess they're in the core rules too. But um, reducing your drops is, in general, in, in my opinion, more important in Thunder Lizards than, um, you know, giving yourself a couple extra abilities that you have access to because command points and Seraphon, if you bring a Slon or a Croak, you know, we usually even, or Skink Priest or, um, you know, or not the Skink Priest, but the Skink Star Priest, if you bring any of those, you're usually getting a whole bunch of extra command points. Um, so these, you know, the Swift and Slayer doesn't, doesn't matter as much in, in Seraphon. Um, yeah, it's great. It's uh, a little bit extra, but I don't think the battalion is really going to have a whole lot of play, at least competitively right now. Um, I think it's fun though. You know, it's uh, the old Thunderquake. We, we lost, we used to have battalions called Thunderquake, uh, first book yeah. and second book. And we kind of lost those. So I remember this greatly because when I bought that broken realms box, the first thing I was thinking about was I was going to run a Thunderquake and I was like, oh, do I do Croxies? Do I do Razodons? Do I look at Salamanders? It got me down like a rabbit hole of looking like 3D mm -hmm. printed Salamanders and um, a great alternative sculpt. It was at Avatars of War. And like I went down this rabbit hole. And then when third edition came, I'm like, yay, I don't need Croxigors and Salamanders in my in my little dinosaur pool. If, you were, if you're playing competitively in Vito, oh, I'd love your thoughts on this one. If you care about drops the minimum you could do is six drops. That would be your Thunderquake plus a Battle Regiment. And if you're playing the drop game, then if you're under four or even under three, it doesn't really matter. So you can't really kind of build around that particular route. Yeah. My thoughts is I don't like Croxigors, mostly because they don't synergize very well with the other parts of the army. But Salamanders certainly do have, a, have its little place. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the Croxigors are sort of, you know, they're the redheaded stepchild of the army. They don't they don't synergize like anything else in the army does. I, I wish that they'd give them the skink keyword and then we could actually use them. It'd be mm -hmm. awesome. But they they don't have that and they hit they still hit pretty hard though. I mean, they're they're hard it's a hard hitting unit, but it's just not as good as the other stuff. I think the other part to this is um, when I think about this particular battalion, I'm thinking about if I'm going to run monsters, right? If I'm going to run that Bastilladon, I'm going to run Stegodons that aren't battle line, for example, I'm probably going to go Alpha Beast Pack and yeah. get that, that additional move, right? Um, so for me, I feel like personally there's too much tax. Um you could go into Warlord, you could go into Alpha Beast Pack, you could do Battle Regiment. The challenge is, is with a lot of the other core battalions is they're not very friendly with monsters. And in a Thunder Lizards army, it's quite hard to kind of fit in a lot of your monsters in battalions. So I do like it from that perspective, mm -hmm. but you're not playing the drops game. And I wonder if, again, while we're playing in Gur. If I'm better off with Alpha Beast Pack than Thunderquake, just a question mark. Yeah, my list before this, I was doing, um, you know, a Hunter's Battalion and a Battle Regiment, you know, because the Hunters is pretty, I find pretty useful as well. You're not getting stomped, you're not getting roared, you know. Um, there's 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 some use out of that. 
but this this battalion, although it's fun, I, I don't think it's going to be competitive. It's not very useful right now, and, and maybe that'll change. But um, it's more of a it's more of a fun battalion right now. Look, I think it's got legs, right? You know, you you get whether you get a free swift or a free slayer. That's a free all out attack or an unleash hell. Um, and you don't have to be a leader to issue it, right? So if you've got a little Bastilladon away from it, yeah, Bastilladon away from heroes, and you want to use all-out attack, cool. You, you don't have to worry about babysitting. You could possibly use it. You could use the free run again, being away from a leader. Um, I think I, I'm not ready to rub it off. I think right now there's just a couple of other good options, and it could still work. But I think if you're thinking about the competitive builds that Vito's thinking about which is that 4150 type of build and to to the comment about like the sculpt eh, I'm like I can get 3D printed croxigors alternatively I think for me the challenge is, is that croxigors just don't have any keyword synergy either with skinks or in the dino builds I think it's just like yeah you got the bites but um I think for me I I'd probably go the salamanders which is yeah. where my kind of head was at in second edition yeah, and, and possibly even Razor Dons, you know, they're a lot cheaper. They're not terrible either. But Salamanders are, if you have the points, they're probably going to be the go-to. Yeah, and I think that's probably the challenge, right? If you're going down with Stegodon, Engine of the God, Bastilodons, you run out of points pretty quickly. But here's your list. Yep. Vito promised he'd yes. share a list, though, and I, and I wanted to kind of put some of this into theory. Like, if you if you really like these rules, you're like, yes, it's a good opportunity for me to put my Croxigors back on the table. Um, this is not what you've run at, at tournaments, and I'll, I'll get your get your thoughts around you know that in a minute. Sure. But talk to me about like why you built this and how you built it. So you've got Croak, you've got Engine of the Gods, you've got a Carnosaur General, which is great obviously with the Mount Trait Beastmaster and Prime War Beast. You got yourself the Skink Priest with Heal. Uh, you got yourself five Saurus Guard, five Saurus Knights, Steggy, Salamanders, Bastilladon with Engine, and uh, the Solar Engine, and then Burning Head. Yeah, so so this list, first of all, this list is built with the Battalion. So this list is probably not what I'd run in a, in a tournament, but I, I don't think this list is half bad and I'll, I'll explain my thoughts on it. So, you know, croak, I like croak. Um, I know a lot of competitive Seraphon players might not, or they'd rather opt for a cheaper slon. Um, I find that there's a couple things that, that give croak the edge that, it, that I really like, especially in a thunder lizard list. First off, he knows the whole spell lore, which means I can make things fly. I can heal. I can do, you know, we're almost always going to use a spell for Comet's Call. So I'm healing. I'm, I can make things fly. I can use Comet's Call. Um, one of the, he's also another plus one to cast. He gets an extra dice for command points. Um, and uh, the command ability that he has, you actually roll a dice and D3 units get plus one to save or shooting as opposed to the slon, which is only one unit. So, you know, sometimes you can make a good chunk of your army plus one to shooting if you're going up against a shooting army. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, there's there he, he's a utility in this list. He's not necessarily a damage dealer, although he can. Um, but, yeah, he does just, just like uh, 
Hayeg said he basically does what you need him to do when you need him to do it. Um, and that's why that's why I like I like having him in the list. You, you know, when you bring Croak, you almost always need to bring five Source Guard right now, though, because of his wounds mechanic. Um, which I don't know if we want to get into, or but it's kind of wacky. No, the, the, I, I think I think when when um, the Croak and I, I think I had the same conversation with Ridge um, around Croak versus the the Slan. Most people were quite quick to kind of jump off Croak and go back to the generic Slan and go back to that traditional build where he's got, you know, the um, the, the Astralith Bearer, you've got yourself the Saurus, you know, Guard and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I was always thinking about Lord Croak in my Thunder Lizards because I didn't, with the new War Scroll, he doesn't need all that stuff anymore he doesn't need that tax he can run around by himself yeah he can obviously get some buffs still and need some support pieces but he's not nearly heavy as having you know the skink priest you have the astralith bearer the guard all the combination and because his points already went up i'm playing yeah. like the same amount of points for the, the same combination just in a different way so i actually don't mind croak in in a thunder lizard kind of build and and one thing i'll tell you too is you don't realize how strong his unbinds are because you could give him plus one unbind for the allegiance. And if you, if you happen to have an arcane terrain nearby, you got him. he'll then have plus, you know, another plus. So, so in a lot of games, you're either plus three or plus four board wide unbind. You have four chances and that really shuts off magic armies. So not only does he support, in your turn, does he support your army? But you're shutting off the magic phase of an opponent's army, even a strong magic army. The other, the other thing as well is um, when you got Croak on the table, people want to take Croak down, and we we can talk through the wound characteristic, and it has certainly changed. Um, it brings me back to first edition when um, he was really weird with like eight wounds. He was ethereal, you know. It was a leadership test. It was like really bizarre in first edition. But if someone targets Croak and they put all of their damage into Croak because they want to take him off the table, well, that's da that's damage that's not going into your Steggies, your Carnosaurs, your Bastilodons, mm -hmm. and your other things, right? So um, I don't always see that as a bad thing that, you know, he's a, he's a prime mm -hmm. target. No, and, and uh, the way his mechanic works, what I've found is that as the game goes on, Croak becomes increasingly harder to kill because your opponent has less units that do burst damage in each phase. And it, he just, you know, it, he's, if you can protect him in the first two turns, Croak's almost never going to die. And he'll always be doing all that chip damage. He'll be a utility. I mean, he's single-handedly won me a couple games because they've shot everything else off the board, but croak being around for five turns just churning out damage is um is hard to deal with so you got yourself the the carnosaur and I, I mentioned at the top of the show that you didn't quite see a lot of carnosaurs running on the table mostly just because people weren't building around it i think we saw um because i know when i got very first got into thunder lizards people were talking to me about run skinks, run skinks, run skinks. You still want some screens. You still want skinks running around. And I think when I talk to you, you're like, no, I'm actually getting a lot of value from things like the Saurus Knights. And I'm like, yeah. like, I haven't really thought about them. And I know that obviously they synergize well with the extra attacks, especially 
with the amount of bites. And I remember, I remember when the book came out, people were talking about a block of 10 Saurus Knights getting up to like 70 attacks just through the, the various combinations and the additional, you know, damage you can do. But you, and I think that maybe that's partially the challenge of like, if you go down the skink route, then the Carnotaur doesn't synergize with anything. Yeah. But now you've got the Saurus Guard and the Saurus Knights. Talk to me more about the Carnosaur. Yeah. Um, the Carnosaur, I, look, it's 215 points. And the amount of damage that thing can turn out for 215 points is ridiculous. You throw it up on a flank and Thunder Lizards, it's 14 wounds. It's got minus one damage. You know, now with um, with our new ability, you stick it next to a terrain piece. It's got six up after save. You don't need the, you know, the, the, the generic artifact that gives the plus five after save, the Amulet of Destiny. You don't need that. Um, and it's just hard to take down. Um, you know, if something's doing two damage, they got to do 28 damage to you to take that thing down. Plus you got the ward save. Um, it's got five damage attacks. And now with the new mount trait, you can give it plus four attacks to its five damage attack. So, you know, this thing can, it can really get buffed up. And the great thing that I've been using it for is taking a flank on, um, not putting up against your opponent's main army, but putting it up against something on the side, you know, every, um, the way that third edition is played is, you know, you hold one objective and you try to take the other from the opponent. And, and, you know, so you're, cause, cause most battle plans, there's, there's three objectives or there's four where you're holding two and you're just kind of playing a, a chess game, trying to take one more, one objective away from your opponent. Well, the Carnosaur is great playing on your weak side and pushing up the board um because it it first of all it's like a distraction carnifex like like from 40k everyone looks at the carnosaur good distraction carnosaur they look at the thing that thing does five damage attacks and it's got plus four you know holy cow i gotta devote oh, you know 800 points in my army to go make sure that 200 point thing is killed and you're like, fine, let the Carnosaur die, whatever. It's just 200 points, um, and it's on it's on my flank anyways. And then you just, you know you come and you get you catch the rest of their army off off balance. Um, if they don't do that, they got a, a you know a raging Carnosaur that's gonna hit way above its point class. What about what about the choice of going uh, uh, not going the old blood because you've got two builds right you've got the the scar vet on carnosaur and then you've got the saurus old blood on carnosaur I think I know the answer why you've gone scar vet over old blood but mm. what was the rationale there well in this list I didn't have the points but um, the old blood's a little better I think it's it's got a uh, it, it's just it's a little better than the scar vet I think but um, the issue is it's also you know, 55 more points or 55, uh, maybe no, it's uh 270 points. So yeah, 55 more points. Um, I didn't have the points in this list, but, um, the scar vet pretty much does just what the old blood does. Anyways, it's 50 saves you 55 points. Um, if you have the points sitting around, um, you probably take the old blood over the, the scar vet, but there's no real reason to. And that's the struggle, right? Like it's just a lot of points being kind of sunk up in certain models. Yeah. And 
that means dropping the skink priest it means dropping you know something else and yeah it's it's, it's uh, that's probably yeah. one of the challenges just the, the tough squeeze um yep. obviously you've got the combinations there you've got the heal from the skink priest um you've got curse obviously coming from the engine of the gods now that it's a mm -hmm. you know it's a durable priest which is great um I love I love the engine of the gods. I think it's just great. I think a lot of people quickly had the skink the skink chief on Steggy, and then the minute that the engine of the gods got the skink the, the priest keyword, I've noticed that people have quickly jumped back back to the engine of the gods. Um, so the engine actually synergized really well with Croak now too, because Croak can now because it has the keywords, Croak can now cast through the engine. Um. And the way the wording is, is the engine has to be wholly within 12 of croak. And the engine's base is like another four, I don't know, three and a half inches long. So you're adding 12 plus three to croak spells if you have the if you push the engine forward. So you don't need an astrolith banner if you have an engine because you're adding 15 inches to all of his spells too. And then obviously the engine has the potential to summon. It has the ability to score things being a monster. It's a durable priest. You can sit it on you know, near terrain to get that six plus ward. Um, do you see a world where you run both? You run the engine and the, the steggy priest? Yeah, I mean, um, I do. Because the, the, the stegadon with the skink chief is good. It's good. And um, I could see, I could definitely see fitting both of them in here. You know, I the the other thing with the engine too is, um, I mean, the the engine of the gods has single handedly won me several games just based off of its role mechanic. Um, you, it, it, depending on what you roll, you can do D three mortals to every unit within twelve inches. Um, you have the artifact on it, which is doing D3 or D6 mortals, the fusel of configuration. It does mortals when it lands its charge. It does mortals on its stomp. And then it actually has its attack profile. And if you don't get the mortal wounds to everyone, it's the only way you can bring extra bodies on in Thunder Lizards. So you're summoning more source warriors, which is which has saved me more times than than you can believe, too, because this is a six drop list. They're going to give you uh, many armors are going to give you first turn. If you're out of range with your Bastilladon, well, you're double, you're, you're rolling um, the dice twice for the engine of the gods. Chances are you're going to get one, maybe get two summons of Saurus warriors. And now you got 20 Saurus warriors as screens or up front that came completely free. By the way, I think, um, I think we might have had an actual moment here. I'm looking at Arcane Vessel, um, and Arcane Vessel is only for Skink Wizard or the Oracle, so I don't think that would work with the Engine of the Gods. I'll have to double check that. Wizard. Yeah, but like just I'll double check it. it. I might, yeah, because Engine is not a wizard, unless there's like something in the FAQ. Oh, there might have been. There might have been. I'll double check right. that. But but in any event. Cool. Just, I mean, like we, we don't have all the rules in front of us, folks. So if yeah. if uh, if you're going to build around this strategy of croak and the engine, maybe just check all the FAQs and erratas. I think I don't think it works, but there might be some list sites there. So just check it out. Um, the other thing, the other kind of burning question I had was around the choice of going Saurus Guard and Saurus Knights. Like, why wouldn't you just do two units of 
Soros Knight or two units of Soros Guard? Like, why have you gone one for one? The Soros Guard go well with Croak because it prevents him or it, it, it makes it much more difficult to take him off turn one or two. Um, he can pass the wounds over. And if you're going to take Croak with the randomness of his um, wound mechanic, you're going to want the Soros Guard there just, just as extra protection. And are you running the Soros Knights with the Carnosaur, or how are you using the Soros Knights? Um, yes. So if if I if I'm worried about an Alpha, I'll just put him up in front as a screen. If I'm not worried about the Alpha, then I, I usually I'll run him with uh, the, the Scarvet and Carno as on a flank. So they work well. I, I, I think they work well because they can keep up with the Carnosaur. Um, I know the Skinks can too. The problem with Skinks and Thunder Lizards is their bravery mechanic is or they have a five bravery and it's just yeah, cause, terrible. Because their bravery 10 in Starborn, but then they drop to five in Coalesced. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've you got know, the. You, you've got, yeah, go on. I should say you lose like maybe three Skinks and, you know, you're risking another three running. Which can pretty, which yeah. can hurt pretty bad. Yeah, and I know when I was looking at building skinks into my thunder lizard, I, I I was struggling with you know getting enough points to get into that twenty and thirty skink route, just because you know those points are are, are they better off running in a, a stegodon in in having an extra bastilodon, you know the pros and cons, and I think my lists were always kind of feeding more towards having another bastilodon, having another stegodon some type of alternative than more skinks yeah yeah i mean look if you don't have the points for the knights skinks are great um but if you have a few extra points i think the knights are are superior at least in thunder lizards anyways you know the other thing too is the skinks the highest save you can get them to is a five save now um because the shields they add one to the save they don't change the change their save yeah yeah would you Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. Say, I was just gonna say with the Saurus Knights, um, would you boost them up? Because I know in your more tournament focused lists, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you might run more Saurus Knights or even boost them up from a five to a ten. With the coherency changes and just how kind of that all works, do you see value in having like a unit of ten or even fifteen Saurus Knights? Um. I haven't run them like that. I mean, I've used them in my list. I've run them more as screens. Um, even if I run them with the Carno on the side, they'll sort of screen off half the Carno or, or just fully screen off the Carno so that if, if the um, opponent attacks the Carno, I got, I have something there that's going to prevent it from dying. I'd rather lose my Knights than the Carno. Um, and and then again, the, the the problem with the knights is they only have one inch range. So if you're running a, a block of ten, they got big base, you know, small cavalry size bases. Um, with the coherency rules, it's just it's hard to get them all into combat with one inch attacks. Yeah, you're getting. Uh, I mean, you're probably getting about seven, seven maybe at best. Yeah, six or seven somewhere. Obviously, if you do like the, the poor footprint. 
Um, because I think that's probably one of the incentives, right? Like you look at it and go, right, 10 Saurus Knights, you know, they all get into attack. That's like a potential of 70, 70 mm-hmm. attacks when you include the, all the bites, you know, both of the Saurus and the uh the mount. But yep. the likelihood of getting that actually off is now even in third edition, slim to none, because you can't get 10 mm-hmm. in. Um, I like the, I like the blocks of five. They, they, they're cheap. Yeah. It means you got more board space and the uh, the disadvantage too is they don't have rend, so it, you know maybe if you run a big block of them with a a skink star priest, give them some mortal wounds. They they do have a lot of attacks per model. I think they have seven attacks per model, in in coalesced. Um, and if you give them plus one to hit, they get them all through. You can do some mortal wounds with that too. But but their attacks don't have any rend, so we we have sort of the same problem that all of Seraphon has is we don't have rend. I guess the Soros Knights would take advantage of something that's cursed quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, with just the sheer amount of attacks, you know, then throw a curse on an opponent, go in there, and just that volume of attacks just means you've got a really high likelihood of mortal wounds. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, it, uh, with cursed, it's great. You know, five knights are, what is that? Uh, 35 attacks. So, you know, you're going to do, going to do some damage, you know? Mm. So yeah, it, uh, they're good. Again, they're not really there to do damage. They're really there to absorb hits or to go run off on an objective or something anyways. Um, but in, in, in that sense, they're going to serve the same thing as skinks. I, I just find them a little more durable. Um, they can uh, do, they can do a little more damage too. I mean, sometimes you charge them in on the charge with spears. They're do, still doing two damage attacks, so so they can hit they can hit decently hard. But you can't go into anything that has high armor saves. You know, you have to you have to send them into something that's that's uh, that that really doesn't have much armor at all. How are you dealing with some of these high armor, um, whether it's heroes or even you know units? Yeah, so what I've done, I mean, the list that I've been running had Gotrek in it because Gotrek solves a lot of the problems that Seraphon has. Um, Seraphon, even in Coalesced, doesn't have anything that, that, that really, I guess, pre-White Dwarf, nothing that could defend against Mortal Wounds, which Gotrek does great, and um, nothing that has real high-rend or serious mortal wound output in, in melee combat, at least if you're not bringing a, a skink star priest. And Gotrek sort of fills all of those roles. He just walks up the battlefield and holds down the center, which is really, really helpful in a Seraphon army because it's we don't really have something that does that. I mean, you throw the Carno up, it's just going to die because it has no rend, has no mortal wound saves. They'll find ways to kill it pretty easy. But Gotrek could just... Um, he, although he's slow, it doesn't really matter because Seraphon's not a turn one or turn two army. They're more of a, a game game long army. Yeah, the the durability in Seraphon has always been the challenge, especially mm-hmm. if your opponent has a lot of mortal wounds. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know, you can go down the big blocks of Skinks, but I, I can see where Gotrek will play his part. I think obviously uh, the other the other thing is going to be 
Bastilladon sitting on uh, mystical terrain is just going to be a nightmare for opponents. I, I love it. I love the idea. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to cry as an, as an opponent. I'm going to cry because you just got to throw a bunch of mortal wounds to just to bracket it from that one plus mm -hmm. save. But now you've got a mystical. You might, I, I can see it now. I'm going to have enough mortal wounds to bracket you, but you'll probably do one one six or something, um, or your jerk skink priest will then heal it, and we're back to well, we're the, back to the start. The the priest, the engine, or or croak, right? So that's that's the 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 great the greatness of that is even if you bring that Bastilla down down six wounds, you can easily heal at six wounds in a turn. So it's so demoralizing. It's so demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's 12. That thing's got 12 wounds too. It's kind of one up save and a six up after save. Now if you just stick it by some terrain. Um, yeah. It's hard to deal with. It's hard to get through would that 12 wounds. You, would you use this battalion to run a double Bastilladon list as opposed to the, the Steggy? Yeah, I mean, I think it. Uh, I, I've actually seen a lot of people running double Bastilledon lists and competitive lists and doing pretty well with them. Um, I think it's hard to fit in the engine and two Bastilledons because you're you're losing the effectiveness of the Thunder Lizard command trait. Um, the more engines or Bastilledons you put in there, but um, I, I still think they're good. Uh, you know, a Bastilledon on its own, unbuffed, is still really good. The, the Bastilladon really shines, though, when you use the command ability from the Skink Priest to give it plus one to hit. Um, because that's in the hero phase, you can then double shoot the Bastilladon in the shooting phase with the plus one to hit. And you can use Unleash Hell with plus one to hit. So it, uh, you know, that thing's got plus one to hit for everything. Um, you know, if you bring a, a Skink uh, Wizard, you can also make it re-rolling once to hit. And that and it gets real real strong that way, but um, you can't do that with two Bastilladons because you know the skin command ability you can only put on one. Um, you can only double tap a Bastilladon or an Engine of the Gods once in your shooting phase, so it's it the effectiveness really dramatically decreases if you do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no I, I would agree. I think you're building in redundancy, or mm -hmm. you're you're really scared of something like uh, double shooting bow snakes, double, you know, mm -hmm. lumineth, and you just want to clear them turn one, or you want to clear them as quick as possible. A double bastilladon will help you do that. One yep. might not be enough, um, but in saying that, um, again, like these are great options. I think probably the last question I've got for you, Vito, uh, before sure. we kind of wrap things up is uh, Jonathan actually makes a really good question because I was looking at the Troglodon. I liked the the fact that, you know, it could heal. Um, I thought it was a decent a decent monster. I, I, I didn't mind the, the shooting attack on the, on the Troglodon. Mm -hmm. um, if I was playing around with Skinks, I thought it synergized quite well with Skinks. Um, where do you land with your Trog? I, like, I actually like the Troglodon. Um... I haven't really built a list in with it yet. I think it's a little overpointed. Um, I think it needs to come down. And and I also think if you're going to play the Trogodon, you're probably going to also want to bring Croak. Um, oh yeah, there you go. Too many points. Yeah, you're going to want to bring Croak um, for his spell because you can cast it through the Trogodon anywhere. Uh, 
the problem though then is the Trogodon spell is also redundant because it has the same spell as the Slon and Croak, so that's sort of a pain. But um, I don't think it's bad. I mean, it's Starborn. It, it, it's good both in Starborn and Coalesce because in Starborn it gives you more summoning points. In Coalesce, it's got minus one damage and plus two wounds, so it's got that that durability. Um, the problem with the Trogodon is it doesn't. Um, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage in in melee. It just it, it's damage. It's two hundred and seventy points. That yes, it helps with croak. Um, it's got a pretty good spell. It's I think it's plus one to cast now too. Um, you know, brings more dispels. It's it's good. I just wish it was down maybe like thirty points down. It came That's down what stopped me in points. the end. That's what stopped yeah. me in the end. I had it in my list. I was building around it. I was thinking about some tactics. But ultimately, where I dropped it was, am I better off having an extra Stegodon or an extra Carnosaur or the Troglodon? And in most cases, I couldn't justify having the Troglodon in the list um, because it was just too expensive, I think, you know, compared to what you – yeah, what you just said, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I wanted it's... to run it. I wanted to make it work. Um, it's the model that everyone converts coming out of water because they have spare bits. And I'm yeah. like <laughs> – it's pretty cool. A pretty that. cool conversion too. Oh, it's yeah. such a it's an Illustria Online has a tutorial. Like everyone has now learned how to make the troglodon coming out of water to to get two models out of one kit. Yeah, I, I think if if they just lower the points a little bit, I think a lot of, you'd see a lot more of it being brought. I, and I don't think it's very far. I, I don't think the War Scrolls bad. I don't think um, it's it's a bad unit. I think it's just a little overpointed. Um, you know, I, I wish it did a little more damage or had a little more rend, but, you know, Seraphon in general doesn't really have rend anyways. So No, if, I, if I'm asking for rend, I'm asking it from the Carnosaur, to be honest. Get yeah. get those get those numbers up. Pump up those get the jaw, numbers. Give the jaw some rend. I, I, I used to like in, in the, uh, the Battalion in 3.0, you used to be able to give it more rend, but they took that away. Or even like... Even like mortal wounds on sixes, if you do a, I don't know, a hit, like, like you know, so many things like terror geist, maybe it's not as aggressive as a terror geist, but, you know, you roll a six to hit or a six to wound and it does, I don't know, flat three or flat six mortals, um, that would be awesome. All right, last question because Bucket's asked. I was going to wrap things up because I'm hungry. I haven't had lunch. I'm starving. I'm wasting away. As you can see, my my body is a temple. I'm wasting <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Hey, watch it, you. Um, yeah, me too. But... Don't worry. <laughs> Chameleon skinks. Um, do you like them? Do you not like them? You know, things like Savage Spearhead, really good yeah. use for them. Great to kind of put into your your um, your realm engine. Um, I like that mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, I think um, Buckets knows this too. I, I've I loved Chameleon skinks in two point um, I think their war scroll got better because they they lost the plus to save and gained a ward save. Um, I think it got better, but they went up drastically in points as well. And not only that, you can't take them in 20 blocks anymore. You can only take them up to 10. Um, they come in units so of five, right? So you can... They come in units of five, yeah. Are they battle line at all? No, they're not. They're not battle line. So, so the most you can get them is 10. Um, yeah. they're, they're, they're great because you don't need to buff them. They're gonna just drop down. They, you know, they're they're two shots a piece, sixes are mortals. They're always gonna pop off a couple mortals no matter what. Um, 
you can't, I don't think you can use them like you used to. I think that, um, like Bucket said, it's, it's a free battle attack. If you take two, two units of them, you have the points for it. You get, you can guarantee yourself a savage spearhead battle tactic. Um, and you're always, you know, the value that you get when you tell the opponent you have teleporting units or units that can come down anywhere on the battlefield is massive because it keeps their whole army back. They screen their whole backfield. They're always worried about those units possibly coming down. And two units of camo skinks, that's, um, you know, 20 dice that you're rolling. You're going to get, you might get three or four, maybe even five mortal wounds, plus all of the other attacks. So so there's, you know, a five-wound hero that, that can go down pretty easy um, or or some you know, some chaff that someone has held back, they could take them out pretty, pretty easy. I think in Coalesce, they're definitely worth considering when you're going Starborn and you've got things like teleports and summoning, maybe, maybe one, because then you supplement the the, yeah. the board space with, you know, you're summoning or you're teleporting. But I think that's probably one of the challenges with things like your Coalesce is you don't have the movement shenanigans that the Starborn enjoy where yep. the Chameleon Skinks might come into play. And, you know, yes, their models might not be the best, but also I've been looking and tapping into the Underworld's Warband and That's trying to cool. see if I can get a couple more from, like, those bits traders who, like, break up the box, and um, I really like them. I like the new the new sculpt. They're really nice. And the one thing I'll say, or, uh, yeah, the, the thing that I'll leave you with, too, is they have the utility that they bring just kind of going in the backfield, sniping off a hero, Getting your getting you a battle tactic, and then forcing your opponent to deal with some stupid five five skink unit in their back corner, um, is like a headache, and it's 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 great because it just causes a headache. They have to they have to send more than they want to send over there. Um, they just lost something or just took a little bit of damage. They're going to send something over there. You just got a free battle tactic. It's they're pretty good. Um, it also might help you with continuous expansion if you happen to take that grand strategy because then you could have, you know, a chameleon skinks in either quadrant, then you've got two things in your quadrant. At the end of the yep. game, boom, you've scored your grand, your, your, your grand strategy plus one, two or more, um, you know, battle tactics. So, yeah, I think they're a bit of a sleeper. I don't think you, you don't write them off just yet. But I think the challenge is, is that you want to put everything in your list. You just don't have enough points. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So. Uh, yeah, I, I like them, but they're, they're hard to fit. They're Vito, hard. you are in my Discord. I know you are uh, a very popular member. Are you on any other socials like Instagram or Twitter, or if people want to chat to you and I, you know talk talk list science, you, where can they find you? No, I, I'm not actually, but you can find me in the Seraphon chat. <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> that else. Wasn't loaded, that wasn't a loaded question. That wasn't me trying to like drag everyone to Discord. Like I'm like, it was a, you know, okay. Cause you're not sure. on Instagram, you're not on Twitter. Come, yeah, come I don't, I don't have, I don't have any of that. Um, but happy to talk, happy to talk in the Discord, uh, Seraphon, you know, I, I'm usually in there saying hi to everyone, helping out if I can. No, that's I dig it, and you're always playing plenty of games online as well. So it's always good yep. to see you in action. But Vito, thank you very much. I look forward to hearing more about your um, your awesome performances at tournaments. I know you did well at was it the Warhammer Open um, Orlando? I think it was. Yep. I know you did well at uh, was it Butcher's Buffet? Was that what was it yep. released? Yeah, that was the other one. The, yep. Um, 
No, yeah, I appreciate well. it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on and happy to help uh, anyone out. If they want to come talk right, well. uh, Seraphon. And if you are a Seraphon player, you've made it this far and you want to tell me how to build my Thunder list, or if you're thinking about this particular battalion and you think you've got some, some list science and maybe I am being mean to Croxigors and Razodons, maybe I should reconsider, you know the deal. Do the YouTube stuff comment tell me what you think in the comment section Vito, you're a legend thank you very much i'm gonna make myself a little bagel turkey cheese uh because it's getting a bit late but uh thank you very much for your time and we will talk in the discord and you know youtube stuff thanks for having me thanks mate thanks for sticking around until the end i hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas if you did i would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below the conversation will continue over on discord so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the discord and continue the age of sigma conversation i want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.